Alright. So, by the grace of God, we are dealing with the fourth in the series this month because we are preparing for war. Or, we are preparing to continue in the warfare that has ever been ever since Jesus Christ, you know, conquered death and hell and took the keys of death and hell and destined Satan for the everlasting fire. The Bible talks about the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And the enemy is not taking it kindly at all because he has vowed that he is not going to the everlasting fire alone with his angels, but he is also going to hurt God by making the object of God's love candidates with him for the everlasting fire. And the object of God's love is you and me. We are the object of God's love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we are the object of God's love, and Satan has not taken it kindly at all. He has done everything in his capacity to drag us along with him into the everlasting fire. But thanks be to God for his mercy. Thanks be to his thanks be to God for his compassion that has not failed. It is God's compassion that has kept us. It is God's mercy that has preserved us. And so if I'm bringing you a message, are you prepared for war? It is just to remind us that we are already in war. We are already in war. Let's let me just show you that scripture. In 2 Corinthians, before I come to Ephesians chapter 6, I'll show you 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10. And let me take it from verse 3. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we are in this human vessel. We are in this... Um, human tabernacle the real you is a spirit that lives in a human vessel for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh that quickly tells you that there's war did you hear that if it says we do not war after the flesh it simply makes us aware that there is war then he went on to say for the weapons of our warfare that phrase weapons of our warfare tells us that there is war and there are weapons we engage or we use in this warfare for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are not human made but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be combat ready. He wants us to be battle ready. He wants us to be aware that there is war. Kindly go back to the messages I've shared in the last three weeks. The heavens do rule part one. The heavens do rule part two. And, the, and then beware of spiritism last Sunday. And then you will appreciate that there is real war. We are not warring against flesh and blood. The things that happen in the physical, for instance, for instance, let me give a typical example. What is happening in Nigeria right now? You may just look at human beings, you know, in route, in protest, and you may just think that that is all there is to it. Or you may look at a certain government official who may, you may think is obstinate and is stubborn and is adamant and is not listening to the people that, you know, government should remove SARS from Nigeria. You, you may look at it from that carnal perspective or human point of view. But if you go beyond this earth to the atmospheric heavens, okay, the atmospheric heavens has to do with the immediate surrounding the immediate air around the earth and the bible calls satan the prince of the power of the air the first the first to be in charge of the power of the air satan he controls the atmospheric heavens so bible says that the whole world lies in the hands of wickedness 
Think about it. The whole world. So when you see wickedness exhibited in the earth, there is a controlling force. There is a manipulative force in the first heavens that manipulate these things. Now, when you go beyond the first heavens, in the second heavens also, you find Satan putting a hierarchy of principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And these are the forces that manipulate. It is like, you know, those days we used to do Coleco on television, okay? Coleco, those who are young may not know what Coleco is. Uh, they used to show it on television where Coleco is dancing on television, but there's somebody with the strings, you know, pulling the strings, and then the Coleco is dancing according to the way the, 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 the one operating the strings is moving. That is what Satan is doing to humankind. So when you see wickedness in the earth, Child of God, don't look at it from the carnal point of view. Don't look at it from the human point of view. There is a force. There are manipulative forces. Thanks be to God. In our messages in the last three Sundays, we have discovered that although we are physically here on earth, because of the indwelling Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is described as the, as the Spirit who proceeds. Not who proceeded, who proceeds from the Father. Meaning that he is the same spirit in Jesus and he's the same spirit in us. So because of that, we are together with Christ. We are connected together with Christ. Spiritually, we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. Actually, in the third heavens. Apostle Paul talks about the third heavens. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that he was caught up into the third heavens, into, the, into paradise. Where God, God dwells. Jesus is seated there and he is seated far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and any name that can be named not only in this world but also in the world to come. We even discovered in one of the messages this week, uh, I'm talking about this month, we discovered in Hebrews 4.14 for instance that Jesus Christ has passed through the heavens. In other words, from the first heavens into the second heavens when he was passing, they saluted him. They gave him standing ovation. They said, hey, pass. You conquered our master. We, you pass. So, because Jesus Christ has passed through the heavens, there is no hierarchy of demonic structure that can stop you and I. There is no hierarchy because we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, in the third heavens, far above all the forces in the first heavens, all the forces in the second heavens, all the forces from the cosmic world, from the astral world, from the metaphysical world, from the constellations, the sun, the moon, the stars, from the marine world, whichever world you can think about. That is our superiority. And that is what God has used me to bring to our attention in the last three Sundays. But this morning, he addresses us in a different language. He says, are you armed for war? And we just discovered in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from the verse 3 downwards, that there is war. And we have weapons which we use in this warfare. Now, let's go into the armory because are you armed for war? We're going to find out whether you are really armed or not and so i go to the main scripture for today which is ephesians chapter 6 let me take it from the verse 10 ephesians 10 uh, 6 rather i'm sorry uh, from verse 10 let me read from the king james version of the bible ephesians 6 10 to 18 or 10 through 18 finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might Oh, I wish I could dwell on this because it can take me a whole day to explain this verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. What is Apostle Paul telling us to do? We are talking about, are you armed for war? In other words, you cannot say you are ready for battle, you are ready for war. Those of us who will be engaged in the midnight hours, Okay, we are already doing midnight prayer crew, but we're going to intensify it in the month of November. And then in December, the first week in December, we'll be doing midday, the 12 midday prayers before the December 7th election. Yeah, it is, it's a strategy. I can't give you the details, but that's what God wants us to do strategically. All right. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power 
of his might. Let me give you a picture. Okay? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And I shared in one of my messages in The Heavens Do Rule Part 2, I shared that the Holy Spirit works with our words when he comes up on us as the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is the one who comes up on us and then he empowers us such that whatever we say with our lips becomes the tool with which you know he implements the will of God, the Spirit of the Lord. Now, Apostle Paul gives us a picture here because this being strong in the law and in the power of his might, the best person we can use to illustrate it, although in his case it was outward, it was in the physical, was the man called Samson. Samson had the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of might coming up on him and literally giving him strength, physical strength, said that he could use the jawbone of an ass and kill thousand people at a go. The man all by himself could lift the gate of a city of the Philistines and just throw it somewhere else, downhill. The man could kill lion with his bare hands, just like David. David also had the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of might coming upon him. The difference between David and Samson was that David also had the spirit of wisdom operating in him Whereas Samson didn't have that. That was the difference. But both giants, David was a giant in the making when he was even 17. Because he could kill a lion and a bear with his bare hands. He had the spirit of the Lord coming upon him for him to do that. And then the spirit of might. But because we do not war after the flesh. Because though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Our weapons are not human made, they are not carnal. Now, he centers the strength in the Lord and the power of his might, not in the physical. Though, if you're physically strong, it's an advantage. But now he says, you, your spirit, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, let the spirit of the Lord who comes upon you equip you on the inside we are talking about are you armed for war and how do you do that when you engage the holy spirit he emboldens you the phrase be strong in the lord means to be emboldened in the lord to become bold the righteous are as bold as a lion to be emboldened in the lord and then the spirit of might not coming upon you your physical body like he did with something but this time round he he puts might in your spirit many of us may be physically you know huge and gigantic but spiritually the devil knows that you have no might you are a weakling that is why in the night when you are asleep he can come and just press you and want to even suffocate you because he knows your capability and he knows your equipment. He knows that you are not truly equipped. If we're going to be strong in battle and do exploits and put Satan where he belongs, the first instruction, if you're talking about being armed for war, is to be strong in the Lord. That's the Spirit of the Lord. Let the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. And then be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. The the word power is dunamis. In other words, the spirit of might does not put the dynamite power of God in your physical body. This time around, he puts it in your spirit. In your spirit, you are equipped with a certain impetus, a certain energy, a certain power, a certain ability, a certain... I mean, you, you don't get that in the physical. The, the power comes from within. You may even look tiny, probably because of long fast or, you know, engaging yourself in a periodic fast. But spiritually, you are a giant on the inside. That's what God is telling you and me. He says that concentrate on being a giant on the inside than building muscles. You may build all the muscles, but it may take just a, a single mosquito, okay? single mosquito to bite you and introduce plasmodium parasites in your bloodstream and then bring you all the muscles down 
But when you are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, it affects even your immunity. Said that there is no sickness that can thrive in your physical body. When your energy comes from within, you don't you don't go down. When men are weary, you are you are strengthened from within. That is what keeps us going, child of God. I'm telling you some of us our secret. This is what keeps us going. You have no idea the battles the enemy releases every now and then. But we choose not to focus on the storms. We choose not to focus on the arrows. Rather, we choose to focus on the greater one who lives on the inside and engage him in communion so he can embolden us from within and give us the upper hand, the, the advantage to rise above the storm because once you engage the Holy Ghost, you mount up with wings as an eagle. Then you run. You are not weary. You walk and you do not faint because you are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I pray that shall be your experience from today as we getting ready to be armed for war. May you be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Hallelujah. Then he tells us in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Other version says the full armor of God. In other words, don't be half prepared. Be fully prepared for war. If a soldier is going to war and has all the armor, but he is not wearing, for instance, his boots, he is endangering his life. Meaning that he can step on, you know, any dangerous gadget and hurt himself. Because he's not wearing the army boot, which is strong and, you know, uh, capable of making him go through certain dangerous terrains. Can walk even over snakes and scorpions physically. Spiritually, it's the same thing. If a soldier is going to war and he is not fully equipped, he is endangering himself. Hallelujah. So put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the strategies of the devil. God is pointing to you and me that Satan has wiles. He has strategies. He has put in place strategies. He manipulates the system. You have no idea. Sometimes the behavior of some of us is not normal. It is just because there is a controlling force that is controlling you. And instead of you rising above that sentiment, you also respond to Satan's manipulation. Child of God, that is why we wait on God in fasting and prayer. So that you can rid yourself of anything that gives Satan the point of contact to manipulate your life. You are a child of God. You are light. Light should not be controlled nor manipulated by darkness. So put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against. In other words, if you are not properly armed, if you are not armed for war, you may not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He can triple you. He can, he can, he can topple you over. Satan can, can play you into his field. Especially if you are the type who is always responding to carnal sentiments, the battle in the flesh, then you, you, you allow Satan to bring you into the flesh. When Satan brings you into the flesh, he has an advantage in the flesh. He will beat you at it. When they bring you to their field, don't go and fight in their field. Keep on staying in the spirit. Okay? Keep on staying in the spirit because that is what you have the advantage. If you bring yourself to the enemy at his level, he will beat you at it. That's one, that's one of Satan's tricks. He tempts us in the flesh. He brings, you know, the battle in the flesh. When he realizes that you are strong for him and he can't handle you, he now provokes you so that he can bring you into the flesh. And then when you respond in the flesh, then he can, he can pin you down. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That is what I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 also. Verse 3 says that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Here he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I pointed out in the last three messages of this month, I pointed out that the word wrestling here doesn't mean therefore that what happens in the physical wrestling is what happens to us where today you are on top of satan and tomorrow satan is on top of you no i pointed out that our life is upward and forward only 
But he's just giving you a picture of the fact that it is war. There's a wrestle. There is a fight here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's how the King James puts it. In the heavenly places. They are there. So he tells us in verse 13, Wherefore, he says, based on this, take unto you the whole armor of God. You can fight this battle in the flesh. Put on the whole armor of God. What is this armor of God? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Can I announce to you, November, December, it's not user-friendly for the nation Ghana. November, December, these two months, they are not user-friendly for the nation Ghana. I wish that you will spend most of the days in November and December fasting and praying. Yeah, I wish. You have no idea what Satan has programmed. You see, politicians are doing their own, but they don't even know that there is a higher force that has purpose to use political lines, tribal lines, to split this nation into two. And the splitting the nation into two will be so devastating that it can turn this nation into civil war. That's why the Lord says, are you armed for war? The civil war is not the issue. There is already war in the heavens, But Satan wants to translate that war in the heavens into a physical war. But thanks be to God. You and I are here. We will not allow that to happen. I said you and I are here. We will not allow that to happen. Why? Because we are just learning from our master Jesus. He said, as long as I am in the world, I am. The light of the world. You and I can also say the same thing because before he checked out of this world, he told you and me that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So if I am the light of the world, then I should also be able to say that as long as I am in the world and in this part of the world, the nation Ghana, I am the light of the world. And if light is around darkness, it doesn't matter the rulers of the darkness of this age. That I have manipulated darkness and want to project it on the nation Ghana because I'm here. It will not stand. Not necessarily come to pass. And I wish you can also say the same thing. So we are teaming up and preparing for something more dangerous than we have ever known in the last number of years, in the last number of decades in the nation Ghana. And the intensity keeps boiling up in the spirit. That is to tell you that if we don't quench the battle in the spirit, it will manifest physically and take all of us unawares. But God forbid, let God be true, but every man a liar. Not because of somebody's parochial interest, not because of somebody's political ambition, not because of somebody's selfish ambition, not because of somebody's quest to amass wealth for himself, not because of somebody who wants to, you know, eat all the national cake. For him, I mean by himself alone or herself alone. That is why all of us will be plunged into physical war. It will not happen. I said it will not happen. We are here together as light. And when we put light to light, we become a greater force. For two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. That's why I'm calling on you and me. I mean calling on you to join me in this battle in November and the month of December. Do some midnight prayer. Do some midday prayer in the very first week in December. Pray. Stop the enemy. From midnight to midday, stop the enemy in his tracks. I can't give you the details of why midnight and midday, but it's a strategy by God to ambush the enemy. When the enemy thought that he had ambushed us, we will ambush him. And put him where he belongs. So that we can tame evil. So that we can stop evil. So we can stop Satan in his tracks. And overrule his sentiments. His power. In the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And I can see that we are just nearing those days. November. December. Do you know we can use our testimony as a weapon? The nation Ghana I'm talking to. The same God who has done it in this fourth republic from 1992 to 1996 to the year 2000 to the year 2004 to the year 2008 to the year 2012 to the year 2016 there have been tension and pressure all these for i mean these you know periods of government you know incumbent and changing of government and what have you but we have survived it all and the same god who did it for us since 1992 he would do it again in this year of great awakening, the year 2020. He would do it again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will put Satan where he belongs, under our feet. And keep him there till Jesus comes. So let's not give Satan the advantage. The Bible says don't give him a foothold. If you give him a foothold, he will make a stronghold out of it. So we resist him in the name of Jesus and as we submit to God and resist him, the Bible says, he shall flee. The Bible didn't say he shall fight back. He shall flee. And I see Satan flee from the nation Ghana in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the light is going to become intense. And light will dispel darkness. And light will push out darkness. Every evil that has been calculated, predicted, projected. Ha! From the pit of hell. And from all the covens of witches and wizards, and those who contract demons, they are wicked men and wicked women who can contract demons just to do evil because that is what will keep them rising in hierarchy and in rank in satanic worlds and realms. But God forbid, as long as we are here, seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, we put Satan where he belongs in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, November, December. Get ready for war. So we are dealing with, are you armed for war? Okay. 13 again. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Not having done all, then you fall. Your greatest temptation is always at your highest peak of victory and success. That is why the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he falls. When you are victorious in a battle, please don't forget that that is not the only battle. In every war, there are many battles. So if you win a certain battle, don't forget that we are still not yet in heaven. Until we enter heaven, it's not time to, you know, it's not time to begin to Take repose. You know that hymn. Christian, think not repose. Think not yet repose. Hear what thy guardian angels say. Mm? You are in the midst of foes. So watch and pray. We are in the midst of foes. We are in the midst of enemies who are not visible to the naked eye. And they parade around manipulating systems and situations to our disadvantage but god forbid it shall not happen so having done all to stand not having done all then you fall i pray in the name of jesus christ that through november and december having done all we will still be standing in the name of jesus christ look at verse 14 it says stand therefore having your loins that's your 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 waist get about with truth truth is what holds our armor together the upper armor and then the lower armor if you do not know the truth satan can play you into his tricks of deception he can play you into his tricks of falsehood and then that falsehood will lead you into deception you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and apart from Knowing God's truth, he wants us to also walk in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants us to be truthful to ourselves and to God. Get your loins about with truth. That is one armor. Don't forget it's an armor. 
Are you armed for war? You cannot go into this battlefield with falsehood, with deception. If you don't know the truth for yourself, Satan can play you into his tricks. So, child of God, know the truth for yourself. So you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Bible says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you don't know this truth, for instance, you can be in bondage, though you are a child of God. Bible says, the heir, as long as he is a child, he is an appeals, that is, an infant who feeds on milk, he is not different from a slave, though he is lord of all, he is master of all. We are lord of all, we are master of all, but so long as we don't know the truth, that we must grow to fit into Christ's image. If we don't grow, Satan will play us into his field because you don't know the truth that life is not just about, okay, I am born and so I can start doing exploits. There's a growth process. Grow, child of God. And nobody will do it for you. You, you must do it for yourself. The growth of the believer is an individual responsibility. You have, a, you have a singular responsibility to work out your own. Not somebody's own, your own salvation with fear and trembling. Grow. Know the truth for yourself. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And then the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you from the word that is in you. Any word that you need, he will pull it from within you and show you that this is the way. Go here, go there. And you will never lack direction because you know the truth for yourself. Not that when you want direction, you have to call somebody. There is nothing wrong calling somebody for help. But there are times when you may call and network will not even work. Yeah, I said there are times. Satan, can, he knows how to jam even the network. So know the truth for yourself. So that when you sleep, you, you, you know that he gives his beloved sleep. You don't wait for your spiritual father to pray for you before you sleep. Every night, uh, my father, I'm coming to sleep. Can you pray for me? There comes a time where you're going to sleep and say, Father, I thank you that you give your beloved sleep. So I sleep knowing very well that I will wake up healthier, stronger, and better, and wiser. That you watch over me in the night. He that sleeps does not slumber, nor, nor, nor sleep. You know the truth for yourself. Hold your armory together with the belt of truth. Hallelujah. Alright, apart from truth, let's see the next armor. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Oh. You know breastplate? Breastplate was what they used to cover the upper thoracic cavity, you know, with such that if the enemy throws an arrow, it will not hit the, the, the chest bone, that is the sternum, and then penetrate the heart. So they used breastplate to cover the chest area, the thoracic region. And sometimes it goes even into the lumbar region, the lower, uh, the upper abdomen. Okay? And it covers that area and, and protects the lungs and the heart, which are very important organs in that area, protect them from being exposed to the arrow of the enemy. And God is telling you and me here that righteousness is a covering over our spiritual heart and our spiritual lungs. Righteousness. Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. Sin will always reduce us to Satan's level. Sin will bring us into the flesh, into the realm where Satan can take advantage. Sin will make you lose sight and the consciousness of your heavenly position in Christ. Because it, it comes with guilt. And that guilt will make you, just like Adam and Eve, it will make you more conscious of self than of God. Adam and Eve were covered with the glory of God. But because of sin, they lost sight of that glory. In fact, they lost the glory. And then they were more conscious of themselves now. So they saw that they were naked. God told them, who told you that you were naked? Because when God called them, they hid themselves. And God said, why are you hiding? He said, we heard your voice and we were afraid because we, we, we saw that we were naked. And God said, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten of the fruit that I asked you not to eat? Sin will reduce you from the realm of glory to the realm of shame 
and reproach. So he tells us the breastplate of righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Take note, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, For he has made Jesus Christ to be sent for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So if you are in Christ, you are right. Not because you did right, but because he made you so. He programmed us to be right. By virtue of giving us a new nature, he washed the sin nature from our spirit and gave us the right nature. The nature of God is the righteousness of God. That's who we are. He says, walk in that consciousness. Have that consciousness. It is that consciousness that will make you do right. Think right. Do right. Talk right. Live right. If you're not conscious of your righteousness or, or you being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you, you will always be told, do right, when you are already the righteousness of God. So you can do right. He made us the righteousness of God so we can live right. So child of God, you can live right. You can think right. You can talk right. You can do right. You can make the right choice and take the right decision. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Put it on the breastplate of righteousness. Are you armed for war? As we get ready into serious warfare, be conscious of the truth of God's word. Because that's the belt that holds the armory together. And then the breastplate of righteousness. Be conscious of it. Let righteousness be your breastplate. So that if Satan throws his arrow, you can, you can still stand chest out. Because you know you are shielded by righteousness. That there is nothing that can come from Satan's camp that can hurt you. He says, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. He gave us that right. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me go on. Verse 15 says, And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That shoes, your boot, is being ready to preach the gospel of peace. Listen, you must know the gospel for yourself. And you must be ready. He says, and your feet shot with the preparation. In other words, you must be prepared, ready, at any given time to tell the good news of Jesus. In fact, you must always look for such opportunity that any slight moment, you just know that this is the best time for me to tell this brother, tell this mama, tell this father, tell this sister, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Steal the moments to tell the gospel. Because everything we do, nothing in this world that we do is an end in itself. Other than that, you should have been in heaven. We are here because everything that we do, wherever God places us, they are all a means to an end. If God gave you, for instance, a high position to have access to certain higher powers in government, it is a strategy by God so that through that position, you can reach the unrich. The ordinary man may not be able to reach, for instance, the president with the gospel. But you are positioned there so that you can tell the good news. Don't occupy that office and occupy for occupying sake. That is not the reason why we are here. We are here as ambassadors, representatives. So if you are positioned anywhere, you may be working in the hospital, make, working in the army, working, you know, at a filling station. A fuel station, working, you know, in the soccer field, wherever you work, be ready. Let your feet be shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, you are still in the moment. Whenever there is opportunity, you just start on that. Oh, that is why Jesus Christ came to die. He said, what do you mean by that? Then you now use that opportunity to tell the gospel. Are you on for war? Or you are just living for yourself? You are making all the money. But making money is not an end in itself. Making money is so that you can become a sponsor of the gospel. Because money is for the sponsorship of the gospel. Period. If you don't know that, money will be a bully, a, a very bad master. Whereas money is a good servant. Money is a very good servant. But when money is... I mean, the intent of money and the essence of money, the reason for money is not known. Money will become a bully. Money will bully you. You will not sleep, though you have the money. Because you don't know the reason why God gave you the wealth in the first place. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith is a shield. 
Okay? You use it to shield yourself. Then he said, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hey! He's telling you that there are fiery darts. You know darts. That's an arrow. But the arrow is not just coming as an arrow. It's, it has fire at its tip. In other words, if this arrow hits you, it will burn you. It can even kill you. But when you have faith in God, like Paul the Apostle said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12, he says, For I know whom I have believed. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He had the confidence and the audacity. When even Apostle, I said Apostle, Prophet Agabus had come and predicted through his girdle and through some prophetic acts that the man who owns this girdle is going to Jerusalem to suffer. So shall they do to this man. They will bind his hands and feet and they will mutilate him. They will, they will punish him. They will, they will do all kinds of evil against him. And everybody began to weep and cry. Say, Paul, don't go. Paul, don't go. Your life is so precious. Paul, don't go. Apostle Paul looked at them and said, See, I know Agabus is a prophet. Agabus prophesied earlier on that there will be farming in the whole world. And it happened in the days of Claudius, the king. So I know if Agabus has spoken as a prophet, it will come to pass. However, why are you even weeping? I seem to break my heart. Then he told them, I am not ready only to go to Jerusalem to suffer, but even to go and die. <laughs> the Bible said, when they could not persuade the man, they left him. He said, let the will of God be done. Listen, when, when you know your God, when you have faith in God, even when there is a gracious Prophetic word, you know Beatius. Beatius prophetic word is a word that is so sure that you know that this one, the prophet has spoken, it will come to pass. Even when there's a Beatius prophetic word that this and this and that will happen, you still just know that this your God is able to keep you from falling and to and to present you faultless before his glorious appearance at his coming. You just know. You can say with the Apostle Paul that I know whom I believe. I know my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What is faith? Faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Faith is taking God by his word and acting on it. You just know that if God said it, then it shall be. It may take long, but it shall be. Look at Joseph. He had a dream. He had a second dream. At the age of 17, he had those dreams. It took 13 long years, but ultimately, little did his brothers know that the dream they were fighting and they were trying to quench was going to be fulfilled in a strange land. Listen, God is a master architect. When they want to put you down, don't worry. Don't even look at them. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places who are manipulating the systems against you. So rise above the sentiments, rise above the storm, and look beyond the storm and see your God at work in you. For it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked when Satan throws his arrow. You just know that by faith, it's quaint. It won't work. You tell yourself, it shall not stand. Neither shall it come to pass. When you speak, your word is as good as the word of Samuel the prophet. It will not fall to the ground. Are you there? God will watch over your words to perform. Whatever you say is what God endorses. That's faith. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your faith will increase in God. Your faith in God will so increase that you would, you, would, you would dare every circumstance. And you would tell everybody, let God be true. But every man a liar. Thank you, Father. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Then verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Helmet of salvation. Helmets. That's what protects the brain. It protects all the sensitive organs, you know, around your head. Almost all the five senses are in the head region. The eye, the nose, the tongue, the ears. Apart from the skin. All. 
are in the head region. Plus your brain. You need your brain, child of God. I said you need your brain. You're, you must put your brain to work. Yeah. There are certain ideas that God is going to give his children in this end time. You'll be amazed. How will put Satan where he belongs? Ideas are coming. You need your brain. You need sound mind. For God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And you need the helmet of salvation to keep all these things intact. What do you mean by helmet of salvation? In other words, be sure of your salvation and keep that salvation as a helmet. Don't let anybody trick you. I know that there's nothing like one safe for our safe. There is nothing like that. So don't say I'm safe so I can live anyhow and I'll still go to heaven or be with Jesus when he shall come. That's a lie and it's, that's deception. Okay? But then, once you are saved, don't let Satan, you know, heap guilt upon you and make you question your salvation in God. Do you know what it means for somebody to shed his blood? Jesus shed his blood so that you and I will remain righteous in Christ. So if Satan brings his tricks and makes you feel that you are not saved, and then makes you feel that, oh, because you did this sin, because you did this, because you did that, and he reminds you of your past, why don't you also remind him of his future doom, which is everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels? Don't let Satan trick you. Let your salvation be a helmet and keep yourself safe. We are not only to be kept safe in this COVID era, keep safe in Christ by keeping the helmet of salvation on. And then he said, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword, I know that the translators wrote the word spirit here, capital S. But see, it's got nothing to do with the Holy Spirit here. Though the Holy Spirit also has the sword, which is the word of God. But here he's talking about the sword of the recreated spirit. Everything in this these verses I've read in context has to do with your armory. So it cannot be the armor of the Holy Spirit at this time. It is a sword of the recreated spirit, the born again spirit. The you in you. That is where the word of God dwells. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 So if the word of God is in you, the Holy Spirit, who is also in you, pulls the word that you need at any given time as a rima. Rima is a spoken word. It's the word for the now. It's the word you need at any given time. Listen. Jesus said, when you go before kings, don't even meditate on what you're going to say. Because at that very hour, he shall be giving you what to say. That's the Holy Spirit at work. But you, the Holy Spirit will not be able to pull anything from within you if you have not stored the word of God in you first and foremost. You've got to have the Logos in you. Then the Holy Spirit can give you the rima out of the Logos. The Logos is the written word. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you shall be careful to do all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. So the word of God must dwell in you richly. Then at any given time, the Holy Spirit can pull a rima. Where you need for any given time. It doesn't matter what you go through. Is it barrenness? Is it shame? Is it reproach? Is it accident? Is it chaos? Is it, you know, enmity? Is it hatred? Is it whatever you go through, there is a word. There is a sword. That is the only weapon of offense. All the weapons I've described so far are weapons of protection. We need that armor as well. We need that armor, okay? But we also need the weapon of offense. If you don't have the word of God, which is the sword of the recreated spirit, then you are not ready to fight. You are only ready to defend yourself. But we are not only called to defend ourselves, we are also called to offend the enemy and take the battle to the gates. We don't wait for the gates of hell to bring their machinations and imaginations and predictions and projections before we fight. We are proactive. We take the battle to the gates. We say, Satan, we know that you have, you have put in place some machinations as far as November and December. And the election of Ghana, for instance, is concerned. But we stop you in your tracks. Whatever you have cons conspired to do, whatever is conceived in the womb of hell, we decree and declare, let it be aborted in the name of Jesus. Let the womb of hell miscarry. It shall not come to pass. It shall not stand. Neither shall it come to pass in the name of Jesus. We are proactive. We use the word as a sword of the recreated spirit and fight the good fight of faith and put Satan where he belongs. We don't wait for Satan to attack before we now counterattack. We don't wait for Satan to throw his arrows before we now say we are going to fight. No, we fight the good fight of faith. We fight because we are in war. And in every war, there are many battles. Your battle may not be my battle. And my battle may not be your battle. But there are different kinds of battles. And all are geared towards one thing. There is a war in the heavens. 
especially in this end time generation, child of God, something, something awaits us. But we will finish excellently, I'm telling you. We will finish gloriously. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you might have done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those mistakes, those sins, those errors are not enough to quench the love of Christ for you. They are not enough to steal God's love for you. It was while we were still sinners, Romans 5, 8 says, that Christ died for us. So, isn't now that God says, I'm going to leave you because you did A, B, C? Didn't he tell us in Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6? He said, let your life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. I will not fear. Glory be to God. Let me run up. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rima of God. The word, word there is rima, the spoken word of God. Learn to talk the word. After you've prayed in the Holy Ghost, talk the word. Speak under the anointing. And what you say shall come to pass. Listen, they may mock you. They say, look at you. You don't have any work to do. You are just declaring things. But as you declare things under the anointing, every word is sown as a seed. If you have said it the first time. As you keep saying the same thing, you are watering that seed. Don't, don't stop it. Be committed. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who are committed to it, those who love it, they shall eat the fruit thereof. At the time of fruition, nobody can take the fruit of your confession from you. So when things get tough, you don't live in denial of the tough times. But you are telling yourself that in the midst of the tough times, I am getting stronger. I am getting better. I am shining. My power is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. It can only get better. It can only get better in the name of Jesus Christ. Prophesy to yourself that, hey, in the concluding days of this month, this is 25th October, right? So we have about six days for this month to close. You tell us that better is the end of a matter than the beginning thereof. So beginning from this week into the close of this month, this month ends on Saturday. Come on, from Sunday to Saturday, my week is blessed. My going out is blessed. My coming in is blessed. There shall no evil before me. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. A thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. But there shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Prophesy into the days that remain in this month. Use the word of God as the, as the rima and speak it under the anointing and it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God.